I mean, if we want to go there, you got to check your circle to see what kind of friends you got because you can't even trust them in your lowest moments. And you you, you got to check your circle. You can't stay up with me for an hour. That's what that's what you like for one hour. That's all I ask. They fell asleep on me. Don't get me wrong. We don't know what time of the night it was. It might be four o'clock in the morning. We don't know. Well, you know, it's a little late. But the thing is, you got to check your circle because if you can't, the only person that you trust in your weakest moment, your friends will fall asleep on you. Your enemies will kind of try to come and get you. The only being that you can trust is God. He's going to let you go through it, but he's going to get the glory. You're going to get the glory out of it as well if you continue to trust God in those deep moments. excited to welcome you to episode 53 of Static Conversation. If you're watching on YouTube, I ask you to do me a solid. Like the video, subscribe to the channel, and hit the notification bell. And if you listen on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, I ask you to hit the follow button and rate this podcast five stars. And with that being said, happy Saturday. I can't wait for y'all to hear the conversation I have with Pastor Joe about trusting in God. So without further ado, please help me welcome to the conversation, Pastor Joe Johnson, the fourth. Hey, what's up? Going on, man? Nothing much. I'm so glad to see you, Pastor Joe. I'm just excited to have this conversation with you. But before we get into the, you know, the meat of the day, the reason why they tune in, how about you introduce yourself to people who don't know you? So my name is Joseph Johnson, the fourth. I'm in, uh, from uh, Portsmouth, Virginia, born in uh, born in Portsmouth, raised in Suffolk, Virginia. Uh, I am currently now a sixth grade teacher at Parkview Elementary School in Portsmouth, Virginia. I love working with kids. I teach social studies and science. Um, that's a joy and a passion that I recently discovered. Uh, we'll get to that. Um, and I'm currently a youth pastor at New Testament Church in Portsmouth, Virginia, um, where Bishop Jerome Williams and Elder Shawan Williams are the leaders there. Uh, I am married to Crystal Victoria Shea Johnson. Uh, we've been married for going on two years now. And now I have a eight-month-old son. Uh, as of today, when this airs, uh, he'll be eight months old. And uh, I am so happy to be with my brother, Edward. Um, it's been a long time coming for this conversation. Uh, so, yeah, those are recent things that's going on, man. This is me in a nutshell. Uh, you'll get to know my personality throughout the conversation. Very, very, very happy to be here, brother. Very happy to be here, man. That's awesome. Thank you for telling us about yourself. So let us get into it. Let's let's not keep the people uh, waiting, Pastor yeah, Joe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about trusting in God. Yes, so what Pastor Joe is as humans, we place our trust in many things. We trust our intellect. We trust our connections. We trust our money. We trust our resources. 
but we don't trust Jesus. We say we trust in Jesus, but our actions shows otherwise. We have yeah, to be man. like David when he said in Psalm 20, verse 7, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. So we have to yeah, trust man. the one who has conquered it all. Jesus conquered hell. Jesus conquered the grave. Jesus conquered death. And so now we have to place our hope and trust in him and him alone. Yeah, Hebrews chapter 3, verse 5 to 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your hearts. Do not depend on your, under, your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. So, yeah. Let's just get into it. My first question, I don't wanna I don't wanna go come out blazing. So let's get to know you a little bit more, Pastor Joe. Okay. My first question to you is how was your upbringing? So I was raised in a two parent home. Uh my whole childhood I had my mom and my dad in my life. Um, I have one sis- sister, uh Lauren Johnson. Uh she and myself um were two peas in the pod. You saw one, you saw the other. She is four years older than me, so I had a big sister to look up to. Um, I had my father to look up to. I had my dad, um, my mom to look up to. I um, was raised non-denomination. So uh, for those who don't know, that means that you're not affiliated with Baptist, nor you're affiliated with Kojic. Um, uh, we had an op- apostolic uh, upbringing. When my pastor, um, Apostle Georges, was uh, he operated in apostolic uh, ministries. And um, that upbringing, it was, it, was, it was good, man. I didn't really... Talking to my sister today um, and the, throughout the week, we had a very uh, strange upbringing, and I'll, I'll expound on that. My upbringing was different from the peers around me um, because we weren't living like they were living. Um, some of them had poverty issues going on. My mom worked for the government. My dad worked as a mailman, so they sustained the house very well. Um, they uh, financially sustained the house very well. Spiritually, my mom was the uh, backbone of the family as far as spiritual guide. We would get up on Sunday mornings and go to church. My dad would be laying in the bed trying to get ready for football Sundays. And my mom was a praying woman. She prayed. She prayed so much. Um, and eventually my dad would start coming around, coming to church. Um, and as I got older, I asked my dad, why did that happen? Why, why did you not, you know, come to church with us as much as, uh, you know, you would have liked, uh, we would have liked it when you were young or we were younger. Um, and he told me, he said, Joey, oh, that's what he told me. Joey, he, he, uh, says, you know, coming up, I was in church literally from sun up to sundown, like from 6 a.m. to 7 or 8 p.m. for 18 to 20 years of my life. And I was tired. I had grown tired. And, uh, it, 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 it hit me. Because, you know, going up, you know, you go to church, Edward, I'm pretty sure, you know, going to church on Sundays, going to Bible, going to uh, Sunday school, uh, staying for worship for both services or, and going to a guest church after that and then doing it all over again, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It's, it could be a lot. It could be a lot. And um, I understood it because growing up, I was raised like that as well. Going to church Sunday, staying there from 9 a.m. to possibly 3 uh, working a whole shift, and I was just a kid. Um, as I got older, I started playing music, so church become a little bit more became a little bit more enjoyable because I was the drummer, I was singing, um, I was my apostle's youth armor bearer. Um, I began to get a little bit more active in church. So my dad, uh, talking to him a little bit further, he said he didn't do any of those things. 
he said he wished he would have done those things. But I'm pretty sure if my dad was a uh, more active in church, then maybe he would have enjoyed it a little bit more. You know, that's what he, that's the conversation that that me and my father had. My mom on the other side, uh, she was just like I was. She sung in the choir. Um, she was on the usher board. She did a lot of different things. And uh, my sister was the same. She is actually the lead soloist of the church here, um, Calvary Revival Church in Norfolk. And um, we we are still active and still going uh, to church. And I said all that to say that regardless of what was done in front of me, um, I trust God to believe that my work, my servanthood, my faithfulness to him, my faithfulness to the servants that are in front or the leaders that are in front of me, my ability to serve, um, even through seeing what my father or what he told me, seeing what my mom did for my father as far as bringing him back into the church. I said all this to say, man, if you trust God, he will literally, literally show you in front of you and he will show you and see, and he will show you and he will allow you to see, there we go, allow you to see the great fruits of your labor. My mom showed me that if you labor before the Lord and you trust him, you will start to see the fruits because now my father leads my mom in prayer. Now my father, he was an elder and a deacon at the church and he now is excited to go back to church, even though he's, uh, was he 65 now? He's still he's leading those things. And um, it's a joy to see those things because now he's still teaching me um, at 65 years old to stay true and stay faithful and stay a servant and make sure your heart is in the right place. Make sure you're doing what God has called you to do. Make sure that you are obeying and listening to what God has told you to do for your family. And um, he trusts God now that regardless of how tired he was back then, he's full of energy now to, to do the things of God. So that was my upbringing. I kind of got off topic, but you know, that was, that was my upbringing. Yep. No, no, that was really good. And you said he has so much energy now, you know, he's trying to make up for um, lost time, right? Lost time, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's, let's stay on that right uh, real quick. Cause we see something in the church that is usually people who serve are usually the women. We're not knocking women. God bless women. Um, mm. But how important, this is my follow-up question. How important do you think it is for like the, the family that the father or the male figure leads like the family spiritually. Cause it always, I always hear questions. Or I always hear stories like, Oh, my mom was a prayer warrior or my mom is the one dragging me to church. My dad just stays at home. So how, in your opinion, you are a pastor. How important do you think it is for the male to step up and lead the family? And spiritually that is. Honestly, I think it is very, very important. Um, God is the foundation. It should be, he should be, the foundation of everything that you do anyway. So if the man is the head of the household outright, then God should be the head of the, the head of the man. And if God is the head of the man, then he, the wife will fall in order. The kids will fall in order. Um, the friends of the kids will fall in order. The friends of the wife will fall in order. The male friends of the husband will fall in order. Everything will fall in order if God is the head. Um, it's very vital for the life of the family too. A lot of times relationships and marriages get disdained um, because the man has stopped seeking God's face for what's next. And there's a lot of things that play into that. The man could be tired. Um, he could be drained. He could be, uh, he, he cannot feel supported. He cannot feel loved. He cannot feel all these things. And I think um, once the man starts pulling away from seeking God's face, then that's when the family starts deteriorating. And um, that's when the woman can seek God's face as well and say, no, babe, we got this. We're going to be okay. We're going to make sure we do this thing together. And that's when the man can step back in place. 
So I, I think it's very important. I think it's very vital because, like, I have a son. He's eight, he'll be eight months uh, today. Well, he's eight months today. And um, I think that him seeing me pray, him seeing me preach, um, him seeing me speak positivity over his life and his mom's life and people around him, him seeing those things, it helps the next generation see it as well. Um, now, granted, my, no, I know I had mentioned my father and his uh, uh, his prior inability to lead spiritually. But now, growing up, I want to say like my mid-20s, I'm 33, so seeing my dad in the mid-teenage um, mid years come around and start developing that, that that uh that that spiritual trait or getting back to that spiritual trait that he was uh that my mom so desired i think that you know it helped me develop like hey you can you can you can do this you see your father doing it you can do it too so hopefully my son will see me do it and let him know that he can do it too and so forth and so on we want to talk about generational wealth when it comes to money but we also got to talk about generational wealth when it comes to your spirit as well because the more generational wealth you have in your spirit, the more generational trust you have growing in your family as well. Uh, for instance, today, <clears throat> or yesterday, uh, we buried my uncle. And just to see the church packed with people, <clears throat> to see the church packed with people saying that this was a humble, meek uh, powerhouse of a man, seeing that he was a, a dynamite of a man, seeing that he was a trustworthy man, seeing that he was a spiritual-led man, um, it helped me understand. This was like my second father, seeing him do that for his family, who has seven kids, and to see them all in church, operating in church, doing things, being led by the Lord. Their their speech is different because he was in the house. My speech is different because my dad has now uh had came around and got um involved in church a little bit more, and got re his relationship with God a little bit more, and um that is what the power of a man does. The, the, it does good for the man. It does good for uh, uh, men, young men, but also does good for the young women as well to let them know that they can look up and see uh, see and find a man like that as well because all of my cousins are three, four, five of, five of the cousins are married and all of them men are in church and leading spiritually as well. So it is very, very, very key to have those things in front of you so that you can see, emulate, copy, uh, see what works for you, see what doesn't work for you. And it's just, it's, it's very vital for both sexes, male and female, to see uh, a man lead a household spiritually. That is so good. And I agree 100% because I don't, I don't even know this, Pastor Joe, but I'm a PK. So ever since oh, I was yeah, born, yeah. My, my dad, my dad's a pastor. He's still a pastor now. And to like go back to like see how my dad would like fast and pray and like prepare for sermons, it like motivated me because I'm the only boy. So, you know, yeah. sons want to be like their father. <laughs> so it was just so cool. It's like to echo what you're saying, to see like my father leading spiritually, like telling us to get up, not just relying on mom to tell us, like, it's time to go to church and things like that. So I agree 100%. I think it's very important for the male to lead, but we're not discounting female women. We're not discounting them. No, y'all, right. y'all hold us down. No, don't get the interest. Y'all hold us down. Yes, sir. <laughs> so they hold we, it down. thank God for the, for the women also. Now, when we get tired, they hold it down when we feel uh, drained. They hold it down for a, a lot of different. They even leave when we're. <laughs> they take the, they take the back to when we're tired or when we can't get up and uh, uh, move. So even like this week, I was I wasn't feeling good this past Monday, Tuesday, and uh, my baby girl, sorry, Crystal, my wife, <laughs> she 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 
she she was doing stuff around the house that I normally do. So yeah, man, it's they take the mantle, man. They definitely take the mantle when we not when we're not up to it or they see us lacking. So shout out to all the women listening, man. Y'all are powerful in your own right, and I hope nobody tells nobody tells y'all different. Yep. Oh, that's so good. Anything you want to add about your upbringing before we go to the next question? Uh, so in my upbringing, oh yeah. So today, uh, yesterday, I was talking to uh, my wife about you know different forms of churches. I mean, how my home church uh, feels like a family, man. Like it, today was a, or well, yesterday I know it was a, uh, it was a sad occasion uh, burying my uncle, but seeing my my old church family, man, that was. It felt amazing to see everybody grown with kids, and jobs, and their careers. So um, my church family is like my second family. And um, I got uh, friends that I've known for 20-plus years that I've seen, man. I got friendships in, uh, in my other church that I've known for 20-plus years. So I have a lot, a lot of great people around me. And shout-out to y'all. I'm going to sing y'all this so that y'all can listen. Shout-out to y'all, man. I love, I love everybody. I, and that's another thing about me. I love everybody else. if you come into my presence i'm gonna make sure that you feel lost man that's just me that's me as a person man. and i know people say well that's because you're a pastor even if i wasn't a pastor i still gonna love you because that's what god has called us to do man so that's me that's me in a nutshell yep that is so good and i had the opportunity to meet pastor joe back in 2017 like yeah. the way he is on this um, um podcast is the way he is in real life down to earth real cool chill Calm and collected. So, oh, man, I appreciate that, man. Shout out to you, bro. That was <laughs> <laughs> so, my next question to you is, what does trusting God mean to you? It is a lifestyle. It is a true lifestyle, man. I, it, is the very, it is the breath of my being, if I had to put it into a sentence. Um, and the reason I say that is because we don't know. We don't know what life is going to be like, second by second, minute by minute, hour by hour, day by day. Um, and we're sometimes we just go through life, man. And uh, going through life, we could get so anxiety, so anxiety. We could have depression. We could have these thoughts of disdainment, and we can go from place to place and not, you know, living the best life because we're trying to trust ourselves like if i go here this might happen or if i go here this might happen if i go there this might happen like but at the end of the day he has the final say so in everything i know that might be too deep for some people to understand or too lackluster for people to understand but it's the god honest truth he literally has designed your life from back to beginning or from beginning to end whoever whichever you want to look like it and i think that we have to understand that trust in God has to be a lifestyle. Faith is a lifestyle. Peace is a lifestyle. Joy is a lifestyle. Uh, patience is a lifestyle. Believing is a lifestyle. And all of that is, un- in, is under the umbrella of trust. If I trust God, I'm going to have joy. If I trust God, I'm going to have peace. If I trust God, I'm going to have strength. If I trust God, I'm going to have patience. If I trust God, I'm not going to have anxiety. If I trust God, I'm not going to be in depression. If I trust God, all of these things are under trust. It's crazy that we're talking about this because uh, one of, uh, this is me, one of my better sermons I preached um, last year. I know, I, it, God dropped something on me while I was uh, preaching. And he said this, he said, uh, if you're not going to trust me, don't talk to me. 
And I was like, what you mean? Like, what? But that's how, that's how it is in natural relationships. Why are you talking to somebody if you don't trust them? If you don't trust the person, go about your business because you're hurting yourself. So if you're not trusting God, you're hurting yourself. God is, a, you know, the relationships that we have horizontal work in trust and the relationships that we have vertical are in trust as well. Um, so trusting God is everything, man. And don't get me wrong. Is it hard? Yes. It is. It can be very difficult to trust a being that you cannot see, that you can't verbally hear, that you can't, he can't touch you physically. But it is such a joy. It is such a joy, man, when you do it, because when you do it, your footsteps are are, are going towards your destiny and your purpose. It is, a, it is a powerful thing to trust God. So answer it up, man. Faith, trusting God is a lifestyle. And everything that I do, I try. As they know, I try my best to trust God. I know we're going to get into the other questions, but I try my best to do what he has called me to do, and that's trust him uh, with my heart, my whole heart. That is so good, Pastor. Pastor Joe uh, on here preaching. Man, we might have to pass a plate after this uh, conversation. Uh, get an arnarium for Pastor Joe. so what that's really good because what i realized is we start to treat god like as a genie and not as god yes we start just wishing and hoping that god's going to come through instead of trusting him at his word and the bible in the book isaiah says his word doesn't return to him void so if he said it it's going to happen he's one who spoke let there be light and light happened out of nothing yeah you know my my um one of my favorite songs when I was uh making this transition from education into mental health. I'm back in education now, but um one of my song one of my favorite songs by Alex Holt who who is Alex Holt and Free Worship who was a group here. Um if God said it, he's gonna do it. It will come to pass. And I'll sing you the song so you can listen to it. Um, and that's all pretty much the song says over and over. If he said it, he's going to do it. His promises are always yay and amen. Let me let me dissect that. His promises mean yes, and it's final. Like, after you say amen in the prayer, that's it. So his, his promises are yes, check, 100%, 1,000%, whatever, and amen is finished. So if he said that he's going to give you what he's going to give you, then he's going to do it. People treating God as a genie in a bottle when you can just rub three times like on a Latin and come out. That's not how God operates. It is a relationship. Uh, if we want to go that route with the genie, uh, for those who are, uh, are, are, are Disney fans, you know, remember the movie Aladdin, right? And then in the movie, he said, I wish your freedom. And then the genie was free. Uh, so my prayer is that you wish God freedom over your life, to reign over your life, that he'll always be there in the way that your life will be maneuvered through him over and over and over and over again. I'm not going to lie. Jesus, God, Holy Spirit has the steering wheel in my life. My Now, don't get me wrong. I still have flesh that I deal with, but he has the steering wheel in my life that he can take me places that I didn't know I needed to go. Uh, like for uh, me and Crystal will be out, and I promise you, I'm either operating as a pastor or I'm doing something uh, for school. I, I It never, it never failed. I could call her in right now and she'll say, yes, it's true. Uh, we went to dinner um, a couple of years ago and this waitress, my brother, he, she was 
very rude, very dis, dis, dis like she had, a, she had a mood about her. And I was like, watch this. I'm gonna ask if, if uh if she's okay. And I looked. I was like, are you okay? And she said, no, I'm stressed. I'm in medical school and so forth and so on. I got this test and all that stuff. I was like, I knew it. Um, and I was like, well, you know, I pray, you know, I hope everything goes well. She left and I was like, Chris, I'm gonna ask her to be And Chris was like, you gonna do what? You in the middle of this restaurant? I was like, yeah, I'm gonna ask her. I was asking, I say, if God is, if God is in her life, he will reveal it. I'm a, if I say, can I pray for you? And she says, yes, that means it was God. And she says, if she says no, then that was me. She came back. I said, hey, can we pray with you? And she said, yes. I was like, okay, thank you, God. And we prayed with her. So every time, if you trust God, he will like order your footsteps and you will be in the right place at the right time and your words will be seasoned for the moment. Uh, and I thank God that, you know, I'm this way because I feel like my heart is pure and genuine to helping people because I trust him. I like solely like trust him. And and I just think that people that don't uh that operate in God as a genie don't really trust him because they'll call on him. God, you say you're gonna do this, God, you say you're gonna do that. And God said that like I didn't say those things. I don't have that I don't have that for your life. That was all you that was all you man. I I got this for you. If you just do this, you just move over here just a little bit, I got this for you. So that's me, man. That's 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 why I think people don't people struggle uh, trusting God because they're they're trying to put their onus on themselves and trying to put their onus on the genie side of God and not necessarily the spiritual side and the the, uh, the witness side of of things. Oh, that's so good. And I have a saying that God is faithful to complete His promise. He's not faithful to keep your promises. Promises, yeah. <laughs> Because your promises aren't rooted in uh some of our promises aren't rooted in uh in his word. Like, so we want riches and glory through Christ Jesus. Our riches may be uh, like I want a I want a grand wagoneer, a Jeep grand wagoneer. I want that. And you know, God might be like, No, I'm gonna give you this expedition. And I'm just gonna be like, Okay, God, thank you for the expedition. But that's you know, that's a desire. We have desires that we want. But and God will give you the desires of your heart. So I have a question for you, my brother. If God gives us the desires of our heart, is that in line? How do we know if our desires are in line with Him? If we're trusting Him, what do you, what do you what do you say about that, man? Well, in the Bible says, first delight yourself in the Lord, and He'll give you the desires of your heart. And you know, as Christians, our final authority is the Bible. So is our 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 desires line up with the Bible. Yeah. And and then if it is, then you pray and you, you have faith and you believe that's going to happen. And if it doesn't happen, I think we should also know that no is also an answer. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you have a son, he's going to start doing stuff. He's going to say, he's going to say, daddy, can I get this? He's going to say, no, you answer him. Yeah. But people don't know because you're a father. People don't know that the reason why he said no is for his protection. People think God says, says no because he's mean and he's rude and he doesn't want them to have fun. But as, as like you are a father, as a true father, you know the no is always because I'm trying to protect you from what you don't even know. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and to that point, man, that, that goes back to trusting God. If he said no, okay, that's fine. I need to move on with my life. And, you know, speaking of the Wagoneer, maybe I can't afford that payment right now. You know, maybe I can't. 
<laughs> get there. So he's protecting me from from getting bad credit, which can stop a whole bunch of other stuff. We don't know at that that initial no, uh, that initial that yes to yourself has a domino effect. It affects this. It affects this. It affects this. But that no from God protects you from this. Protects you from this. Protects you from this. That was good, brother. And then also, because we were talking about generational wealth, generational blessing, like you said, that one, yes, can mess up the whole plan to build generational wealth. Yeah. <laughs> you know what That's I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So sometimes the, the no is needed. And it might just be no for this season. Some people say, oh, he said no forever. It might just be no for this season. Right. So I want to convey to people, if God says no, it might not be for the whole, your whole life. It might be for this season. You seek the Lord. You seek the Lord's face, not what he has in his hand. <laughs> so you right. seek him. And then from there, you see what God is going to uh, provide for you moving on. Yep. Yeah, man. This, and that's uh, literally, I've, I've been saying the word seasons for the past couple of weeks. Seasons, man. We, uh, we, we operate in seasons. We operate in seasons of distrust. We operate in seasons of uh, not having peace. We operate in seasons of having trust. We operate in seasons of having peace. It's all seasons in our, in our lives. But God is encompassing all of that. He wants, and, and, and contrary to popular belief, God needs you to go through those seasons of not trusting him. God wants you to go through seasons of not having peace so you can lean on him. So you're like, no, I know I'm going through the season. Let me lean on God a little bit more. Let me let me trust God a little bit more. Let me let me be right here so God can meet me or I can meet God. Like all those things have to happen in order to build your faith in him, in order to build your trust in him. He has you have to go through certain things, people. And I know that sounds really rough and really rude, but if we're being quite frank, that is how life happens. Life does happen in those moments where you feel like nobody's around you. God is literally right beside you he's right beside you and he just wants you to lean in a little bit more and say all right god i don't know what i'm doing you got me i i i need you to have me right now and that's when that's when the trust comes that's when the trust is built man in those weary moments in those seasons where where uh where god is where you don't feel god but god is right there and in those seasons i'm pretty sure you you, you're trusting yourself more than you trust in god that, that, that is so good. I, I, we can stay on this the whole time. I just want to say yeah, this last yeah. thing you can add on after I'm done. Even the Son of God, our Savior, ah, got no to him. Get, yes, sir. He did. He, in in the the Garden Garden he asked three times, <laughs> Father, <laughs> let this cup. <laughs> so, so, but but that, that story has a lot of stuff in it, though, because <sighs> the, the, that moment that moment where that's like, a joke. Let me just let you know right now. You can slow burn this thing. I ain't no yeah, man. You can man, slow burn this know. one, uh, Pastor Joe. I I love that story, man. I I know it's not uh resurrection time or Advent time, but uh, got Jesus being in the Garden of Gethsemane, he was he was experiencing a high level of anxiety. He was experiencing all the human humanistic emotions of uh of of death. Right before it happens. Now I don't, you know, I've never experienced that. But anxiety, depression, loneliness, uh, sorrow, weeping, bleeding. Uh, he was, I think, he was sweating blood and and a lot of different, like a lot of different emotions. And God told him, "No, I need you to go through this." 
so that people can see the glory on the other side when I resurrect you in three days. So that, that, yeah, man. So those are moments where you feel deep down in your heart that life is over and you cannot move forward. Go read, go read in Matthew, the garden of Gethsemane where, where Jesus had his homies with him and they fell asleep. They couldn't stay up with him. He had to go through that by himself. Uh, so, I mean, we want to go there. You got to check your circle to see what kind of friends you got because you can't even trust them in your lowest moments. And you you, you got to check your circle. You can't stay up with me for an hour. That's what that's what you like for one hour. That's all I ask. They fell asleep on me. Don't get me wrong. We don't know what time of the night it was. It might be four o'clock in the morning. You don't know. Well, you know it's a little late. But the thing is, you got to check your circle because if you can't, the only person that you trust in your weakest moment, your friends will fall asleep on you. Your enemies will kind of try to come and get you. The only being that you can trust is God. He's going to let you go through it, but he's going to get the glory. You're going to get the glory out of it as well if you continue to trust God in those deep moments. That's so good. And I think it's, it's John's account when it says that God provided an angel to give him strength while yeah. in the Garden of Gethsemane. Yeah, so man. I think people need to know that even God says no, he will provide you strength in that no. And the protection in that note, too. That's good. And the angel was there to give him strength and protection. Protection, not just uh, spiritual protection, but mental protection as well. To let him know mentally, God got you. Let you know spiritually, God got you. And physically, that God got you. So, and, oh my goodness. Now, I know we, <laughs> even his when his friends did wake up, they committed a, a heinous crime by cutting somebody's ear off, Peter. Even in a little moment, God, Jesus still operated and the trusting that I'm going to pick this ear up and it's going to be back on my homie, my, my homie ear because my dad got me. Even when he was feeling weak and meek and mild and he was feeling sorrow and depression, he, got it, he still operated. A lot of us do that too. A lot of us go through life and we're operating in anxiety. We're operating in our gifts. We're operating in a lot of different things and we're still moving and doing and being and having and doing these things and we're operating this gift because we know that God has us. What we don't know is that we don't know what's coming next. Anyway, let's go let's go back to the topic, brother. I'm sorry, man. I gotta No, this all this all about trusting God. And if Jesus is our, our savior and our leader, he's the head of the body. We gotta learn from the leader, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah no, because, go ahead. No, so the 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 part of moving in your gift even though you have anxiety and depression, shows that you are trusting God because you know on the other side that you're going to come out of this. Um, and a lot of leaders, and you, I don't know if you can test to it, but I know a lot of leaders in church, we go through we go through seasons of anxiety, but we don't show it. We go through seasons of depression, but we don't show it. We go through seasons of not trusting God and not praying and not fasting, but we don't show it because we have the collar, we have the we have the chain, we have the we have the garments and all that stuff. Um, but we 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 don't show it because we don't want to mess with somebody else's witness. Um, and I and 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 and, and hear me when I say this: we make we go through it, but we snap out of it too. Because if we don't, then we know that the, the shape the sheep behind us will fall and falter because we will not uh, be the best of our ability. And I say that to say this: trusting God in those seasons where you are uh, are trying to get back to trusting God in those seasons where you are not uh, feeling like your spiritual self 
is very vital because I believe in those seasons you come back strong. You come back. and I and I and I got to tell my testimony real quick. Um, this past June, uh, well, no, I want to say like April, May. I was angry at God, bro. I was, I was mad. I'm not even gonna lie. I mean, just being transparent, I was not gonna say I was like Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, but boy, um, I was, I was upset, man, and because I felt like. I was talking to a pastor friend of mine a couple of weeks ago. I felt like God was like, okay, God, I see what you're doing in my life. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And then something happens and I find myself back on the drums at church. And I'm like, now I'm back at, as a drummer. And okay, this is just for a season. Two, one month passed, three months passed, nine months passed, a year comes around. I'm like, all right, guys, it's been a year. I really ain't been able to, you know, operate like you said, I'm going to operate. What's going on? And I was like, this around April, or April and May of last year, uh, or this year. And I'm like, okay, I need to pray because I feel like I'm about to explode. <laughs> I feel like I'm about to explode. So I prayed and fast from June 1st to June 30th of this month. I'm like, God, if my voice is needed, um, if this has been all of me over the past seven years, I'm about to cry. If this has been all of me over the past seven years, and I haven't been hearing your voice as clear as I thought I was. <clears throat> I need you to, you know, just tell me. Or if my voice is needed, I need you to let me know. And whatever, however you let me know. It could be witnessing on the street. It could be preaching in the pulpit. It could be whatever. You know, just let me know, God. My voice, I, I feel like I'm in a silent season, which is okay. Whatever. So me and Crystal, we fasted uh, for the month of June. And, bro, I promise you, July 1st came around on this year. And I got a phone call. Hey, bro. Um, this is my friend. Hey, bro. Uh, uh, this is church looking for a preacher on the 17th. Can you do it? I'm like, oh, God, you move. <laughs> Your prophet says, yeah, the man, for real, for real. Like, I just got the fast at midnight. It's 4 o'clock on, on whatever July 1st was. <laughs> and um, I'm like, man, thank you, God. But that's my, me and my wife, we're going to New Orleans, so. And it was just thank you for letting me know that you need my voice, that you you giving me a word to give God's people. Um, I was like, nah, bro, I can't do it. Uh, me and Crystal, we going to New Orleans. Uh, that's our anniversary trip. I, I'll be back. If you need me again, like, you know, call me. So the third comes around. July 3rd comes around. <laughs> and uh, I got asked to preach a youth revival for three days. And that then July. And then August came around. I got asked to preach again. August came another day. And I'm like, so the only thing I had to do was just ask God. Only I had to do was trust you again and not be mad at you. And I said all that to say, yeah, God is good. I preach God. God, my voice is needed. God is good. But that's not the point of the story. The point of the story is in those moments where you feel that God does not hear you, in those moments where you feel that God, has, you have given up on God or you feel like God has given up on you, pray. Fast. Get somebody to do it with you. Luckily, my wife did it with me. And, you know, just wait. It's not about our timing. It's not about our timing and what we want to do. It's about his timing. He needed me to, to get on my face every day for 30 days and just seek his face. So I said, I'll just say, you can, you can rely on yourself or you can rely on God. You can trust on yourself or you can trust on God. Um, but he'll, he'll definitely give you desires of your heart. Um, if you seek his face. Yep. That is so good. And everyone listen, I'm probably gonna go to the next question, but he keeps saying dropping these gems. 
And I don't think you realize what you did in the moment. You have the opportunity to go preach, but you respected your first ministry first. All right, my home. Absolutely. Like, you, you know what I'm going with. There's a lot of yeah. ministers that are like, man, I'm doing the Lord's work. I got to I gotta abandon my family no. <laughs> to be the nah. sheep. But I love how you said, like, yeah, I can't go because, you know, me and Crystal, we got this ready planned, which she is your bride. She yeah. is your first priority after Jesus, sure. of course. And I love how after you honored your wife, the floodgates is opened. Open, bro. <laughs> open real good. They open real fast, too, man. The floodgates open. Um, and what, what happened is the, the, now the youth revival, man, I, um, I only, I preached two nights, but they had three nights for me, man. And it was, um, I was like, God, you, you, you move fast. <laughs> you move real fast. And I, I, I've, I've always, um, been an honorable man. And I don't know why in that moment I felt like God had given up on me. Um, I've tried, I felt like God was saying, I've tried to use you, but you're not where you need to be. And you're not you're not uh, as humble as you are. So I'm gonna put you back to serve here, where you love. I love playing drums. That was my my first, second ministry outside of saxophone. That was your that's your love. That's your pride and joy. So I'm gonna put you back here. I'm gonna let you sit and marinate. Let me let you sit and marinate. So when you uh, when you decide to lay on your face again, I'll be right here. And that's what God was doing with me, man. And um, I had I had literally had to find my peace again and find my trust again because I just felt like I was uh, dying or falling back into something that uh, God had told me to uh, remove myself from. So, yeah, man, I don't want to cry. I'm not trying to cry tonight. But, yeah, God is good, man. God is good. And I'll definitely honor my wife. I'll definitely take my, my first family, uh, my first ministry more serious than uh, than, uh, than preaching. Like, no, my wife and my son comes first. And then I preach, you know, y'all be there. <laughs> so that's how that's how I feel, man. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, that that is that is so good. So everybody say, okay, I hear you, Pastor Joe. I hear you, Edward. I hear you talking about trusting God. I hear all this stuff you're talking about. So people are probably asking, like, how do I trust God? How does a person put their trust in God? Mm. Well, let me ask. Can I can I come back with a question, brother? So how how old are you, man? How, you're thirty. How old are you? I'll be thirty-two in November. Thirty-two in November. So how does a thirty-two-year-old uh, trust God? How do you trust God? I got an answer. I don't think I'm fluffing, but I got an answer. How do you trust? How do you trust God? Uh, I trust God day by day, and I trust God by looking back in my past. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So they have. When you go to the when you go to the store and you buy something, uh, you go to the grocery store, you go to H and M, and you go to Express. Where you like to shop? At? Where you get your clothes from? I'm a I'm an unsophisticated man, so right. So <laughs> where do you get your where, where do you get your clothes from? Right, you go and you don't like something, they ask for receipts so you can return it. Uh, there have been constant receipts in your life that you can look at and say, God, you've always been there. Now, I know I went to college. I went to Norfolk State University, Behold the Green and Gold um, in Norfolk. And I had no idea what I was going to major in when I got to Norfolk State. I had no idea what I was going to do at Norfolk State. I know I was going to march and be in the band, 
but it's a receipt on my wall saying that God got me. I got a degree in psychology. I went and got my master's degree from uh, Virginia Union University, Samuel Ditwood Proctor School of Theology. Went there on a limb, did not know what I was getting myself into. It's a receipt saying that you trusted the process, so now I'm going to meet you. I'm going to give you this degree. Uh, there's a receipt. Um, me and my wife signed a marriage certificate. I trusted God that he'll give me a wife that's going to take care of me. I'm going to take care of her. We're going to take care of our kids. There are receipts in your life. There are repeated receipts. Now I can go back to my childhood. I had asthma growing up. I felt like I was going to die one night because I couldn't breathe. There's a receipt saying that I'm 33 years old right now. I don't have asthma. And God has continued to be there for me. There are receipts in your life over and over and over again. Now, don't get me wrong. There are receipts, but you had to go through some things to get the receipts as well. You had to go through some shopping phases. You had to go through some return phases. You had to go through some things in your life where uh, God, you felt like God was not going to be there. You had to go try on a shirt. Oh, that didn't fit. Let me put that back. Oh, that left a stain. Let me get that off. You had to do some things. You had to go through some stuff to get a receipt, but the receipt is there. And if you lost your receipt, don't get don't get don't worry about it. He got it stored up in heaven that he could show you over and over and over and over again. You trust God by doing three things: praying, fasting, praying again. <laughs> that's that's all it is: praying, fasting, praying again, man. And um, and just re- just rely on the receipts that He has proven over and over and over again <clears throat> that He got you. If you could do that, uh, well, what's the, you're gonna be balling. Like I promise you, you're gonna be balling. You're gonna be you're gonna be out here uh, uh, filled with trust and peace, and filled with a lot of different things that your friends are gonna be like, man, what happened? Like you look so peaceful. And you just say, I trust God. Uh, and 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 honestly, that's always been every time I close out a prayer, every time I pray, I always say, you know, I hope that something had hit home that the person next to you will be like, man, what, what's going on? Like, you look different, man. Like, you look you look relaxed. You look peaceful. And my prayer is always that the person next to me will be like, what, what do I have to do to be that? What do I have to do to get that? And you just say, look at my receipt log. My receipt log says this. So you can trust God by praying, fasting, and looking at your receipt. Looking at the receipt. That is so good. And when I was younger, I remember this. I was like two years old. My parents said, I, like, I died. Like, I stopped breathing every Whoa, day. really? So I can look back at my parents who could tell me. My parents know. So I can look back at that receipt. Say, like, I should not be here right now. I should be wow. dead. But God. Wow. But God. Wow, man. I did not know that. Did yeah. not know that was a possibility. Did not know that it was possible for somebody not to breathe and come back to life. Man, that, that, is, that, is, uh, that, is, that is, that is, that is, that is powerful, man. Have you told that testimony? Have you said that before? Well, I, now everybody's going to hear it now. <laughs> okay, yeah. That's good, man. No, that, God is good. No, but look at the receipts, y'all. Look at y'all receipts. God is, God's been there the whole time. Dropping nuggets, dropping uh, trinkets, dropping receipts over and over and over again. He's giving you that job. He's giving you that car. He's giving you peace. He's giving you different friendships. He's giving you people on earth that can handle, that can't, that cannot handle you. But he's also giving you people that can handle you. He's giving his receipts out there, y'all. Just rely on those receipts and pray and fast. And God, God will show himself over and over and over and over again. 
That's so good. So my follow-up question, or I guess it's just a statement. People need to stop. Um, how do I say this? Now I'm going to say it and then correct it. People need to stop relying on God what he's given us the ability to do. Yeah. Yeah. So many people say, I'm waiting on the Lord. He's waiting on you to move. Yeah, he's given the, the strength. He's given the wisdom. Go and do it. But we're like, wait on the Lord. He's like, I'm waiting on you to move. So uh, it's a question up here. Um, it's, question, it's, it's a question up here. How do you find peace while trusting God? So the Bible says faith without works is dead, right? There's certain practices that you have to do over and over and over and over and over again in order for God to, in order for God to move in your life, right? So my favorite scripture is Philippians 4, 6 through 9. Do not be anxious for anything, but through prayer and supplication, Make your request made known to God. He'll give you peace that's the path of all understanding. Finally, my brothers, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is just, whatever is honorable, whatever, 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 think on these things. But he gives you simple instructions. To pray. Do not be anxious. Do prayer and supplication. Prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Make your request known to God. He'll give you peace that's the path of all understanding. And after you get that peace, Whatever's going on in your life, focus on these, I think it's eight or nine things, right? And if you do those things, all of those things, your trust in God will be so unbreakable, so unbreakable, that I, you'll be like, man, I ain't worried about none of that stuff that y'all got going on today. God got me. You can have, it could be, can I say hell? Can I say hell in the podcast? Uh, so it would be hell and you could be hell, hell and high water going on, right? And and, and you'll look at you'll say, uh, uh, "God got me." And then on the other side of that hell that's going on, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding is right there waiting for you because you have trusted God so much. You're not anxious. You're praying. You're supplicating yourself with the word, and you're giving thanksgiving while things are going on. All of that stuff. All of that stuff that's happening in your life, all that turmoil that's going on, it does not matter because uh, uh, God, you're moving towards God and you're practicing these things. God is right. God is like he's holding your hands while you're moving forward. He's guarding you from the depression. He's pulling you forward. He's guarding you um, from the anxiety. He's, he's, he's pulling you forward. He's guarding you from all of these things. But there are certain practices. You have to walk forward. Just like Edward said, there are certain practices that you have to do. There are certain biblical principles that you have to do in order for God to do those things in his life and your life that he said he's going to do. Go back to what we said earlier. There, there are, there are uh, 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 his promises are yea and amen, but you got to do something to get those promises. I'm just going to be quite frank. You can't stay stagnant and say, God going to meet me. Ah. Yeah, he'll meet you, but it's just like any other meeting. I had to get up, get my laptop, click the link, log on here and talk to y'all. You Sometimes you got to get up, get in your car, go to a meeting at your job. God, he'll meet you where you are, but sometimes you got to meet him where he is too. That's so good because if you look in the Bible, the woman, um, people said it was Mary, mm-hmm. came to Jesus and washed his feet with her tears and wiped his feet with her hair. Yeah. Jesus did not go to her. Yeah. She came to Jesus. And, and, and Mary went to the tomb to see that Jesus wasn't there. 
and they went to go find them. And not only that, uh, the woman with the issue of blood, there's been plenty of stories in the Bible where people went to Jesus. Jesus went to them too. I mean, wrong. Jesus definitely moved throughout the Bible. But people went. They had a measure of faith. But if I have this measure of faith, I'm trusting God that he's gonna, I'm going to meet him where he wants me to be and he's going to do what he said he's going to do. Yeah. And I want to say something convicting. If you go to work to get a paycheck, why won't you go to Jesus to get your peace? Come on. I'm going to put that on Twitter. I'm going to at you, bro. Yes, if you can go to work to get your paycheck, you can go to God to get your peace. Even if your paycheck is this small, you still went there to get it. You can get that amount of peace. You still got it. It was so funny how much people complain about their jobs. They still go to the job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, what I, I worked at, uh, I did child protective services for about nine months. I complained about it every day, but I wouldn't have got, I wouldn't have went there, but I needed that money. So if I did that for my paycheck, I could definitely do that for peace. And I wonder, do people want peace as much as they want money? No. People value money more. They think money can get them peace, but that's not how it operates. Actually, peace gets you money because you're more free to operate and move and where God wants you to be, so he can bless you. That's how it works. You can be, you can have all the jobs in the world, but if you don't have peace, that money don't mean nothing because actually you having all those jobs is taking you away from a still, from a still place where you can hear God's voice. Yeah, that's so good. I like how we transition to peace. Is there anything you want to add to how can a person find peace while trusting God? Um, so I think peace peace comes from isolating yourself from things that are hurting you. So we can go into relationships with that. We can go into jobs. We can go into uh, family members. We can go into a whole bunch of stuff. But isolation has to happen uh, in order to find that peace. Understanding the in, the inner parts of your heart that need healing, the healing aspect of peace has to happen in order for you to uh, remain whole. It hurts to go through it. I've been through it. I know plenty of people have gone through um, to find peace, but once you come out on the other side of it, it is a breath that you've never taken before. And once you find that, it is amazing. It is truly amazing. And the third thing that you have to do is is consistently lay on your face and I'll keep mentioning prayer because prayer is, is, is it is a it is a intimate true conversation with God um that if you do it daily you'll speak peace and you want to know that you're speaking peace uh uh so I'm a teacher I teach sixth grade a lot of 11 and 12 year olds I'm I'm not going to say I'm the only person on sixth grade that gets the respect when I walk in the room, I bring peace with me. I bring a calmness with me. I bring something that, you know, other people don't have. And I think that once you start embellishing yourself in isolation and healing and prayer, you'll start to find peace. And Jesus went into the wilderness to find peace. Or Jesus went into the wilderness to find, uh, he wasn't, he didn't need to be healed. They needed to go through some things in order to be here. Um, so, yeah, those those three things, isolation, healing, and prayer, you'll find peace. You'll find peace. That's so good. 
And I, I, I know people, they place their peace in themselves. So my next question to you is, how do we resist the temptation of trusting ourselves? Because, you know, sometimes we want to trust ourselves because we can, we can see ourselves. We know what plans to do. We know all this other stuff. So how do we resist the temptation of just trusting ourselves? Man, I'm going to be honest, uh, Elra. So I, I have a, a strong trust in God. Um, and it's stronger than trusting in myself. Uh, but if you trust in God, that he will not lead you astray. Um, if you trust in God, that he will put your feet on the path. If you trust in God, knowing that he will not put you in danger of anything, um, you are reliant, your, your resiliency and your reliance on God supersedes self. And you start operating and moving and you're like, what is, am I, is this me? No. Once you start doing those things and operating in peace and operating in trust, you'll think it's yourself, but it's not really yourself. You're operating. You're, you're operating in a in a. Uh, you're not trying to be super spiritual or not, but you're operating in the in the in the supernatural pretty much. You're doing and moving and saying and speaking and doing those things that God has called you to do. Um, it's when you start thinking you're holier than thou, or you start moving in ways that belittle God and you know and uptick you. And, uh, to get rid of the temptation to believe in yourself, you literally have to kill yourself daily. The Bible talks about killing your flesh daily. Um, because this flesh, man, it can rise up and it can be very, 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 very evil at times. Uh, you can be very, you can be very boastful about yourself. You can be very, uh, 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 you can talk about yourself in a way that you act God-like, that people have to literally talk to you in a certain way or be a certain way, but if you operate on the other side of that, it doesn't matter how somebody talks to you. I'm not going to get offended. I know that you're going through some stuff. I'm praying for you. Or if you operate on the other side of that and you operate in peace, the temptation to cut somebody out will move. If you operate in peace, the temptation to lay somebody out will move. The temptation to operate in a different, you know, a different uh, formality than how you, you normally do will move if you slowly and truly and uh, you honor the presence of God in your life. To get rid of temptation to trust in yourself is to get rid of the temptation to fall in your faith. If you really truly trust in God, if you really truly believe that God is going to do the same things, if you really truly believe that God is going to do the things that he says he's going to do, you truly will trust in God more than you trust in yourself. This flesh will fail you. This flesh will fail you numerous of times. God will never fail you. He never fails. His his track record is completely undefeated. I I've never met anybody that said God failed me. You might have got to know, but God didn't fail you. It was protection. Oh, that's so good. So my follow up question, because you know we live in a sexual sexually charged society. Mm-hmm. And people say, I'm going to just trust myself when it comes to purity or having sex out here. I, I can trust myself. I know you. I, I know. I know we didn't talk about this, Pastor Joe, but nah, you you, good, you, man. You, Pastor, so I know you hear about yeah. this. Yeah, so how can we resist that temptation of trusting ourselves with our sexuality? 
Man, that's a very loaded question. It's only loaded because I didn't wait till marriage to, uh, I didn't wait till marriage. And a lot of us did not wait till marriage to have that one. Um, but you start to give yourself to people in a sexual matter. You literally open up yourself to demons in dark, high places. And um, if you begin to understand your body is the temple of God, you wouldn't do certain things. Uh, you wouldn't do crack. You wouldn't do cocaine. You wouldn't smoke weed. You wouldn't drink alcohol. You wouldn't get drunk with drinking alcohol. You wouldn't have continuous one-night stands because, first off, it's nasty. Uh, second, <laughs> second of all, you could get a lot of, you could catch certain things. You can, you can literally, your body can decay from the inside spiritually and you'll find yourself dead you find yourself dead to spiritual things. You won't feel the Holy Spirit as much. <clears throat> and you're probably wondering, why don't I feel the presence of God? And it's because you're giving yourself, you're giving bits and pieces of the Spirit to certain people around you. Um, you're giving uh, bits and pieces of your soul to people. And if you give your soul and your spirit back to God, you'll begin to trust God a little bit more. you begin to feel whole. And if you get whole again, the next person that comes, that it will be your husband or your wife, will get all of you and you'll be satisfied. God's not going to give you, and I think that's the problem. We think that when we get the person, it's going, it's going to be bad. I'm pretty sure we've heard that before. It might be bad, so I need to test it. No, God's going to give you what you need, how you need it, when you need it in marriage. And I don't think that uh, a lot of people trust God when it comes to that because, you know, we tasted it before. And I got a revelation on why we should keep our virginity uh, before um, marriage. And this is for anybody that is a virgin or anybody that's celibate, anybody that's thinking about being abstinent. Look at it like this. Um, if you're abstinent, celibate, or virgin, you don't have anything to uh, compare it to. <laughs> you literally, like, this is the only thing that I, I know. God gave me this. Or I'm going to treat it as a gift. God gave me what he gave me. Let me treat it as a gift. In comparison, and I'm and I, not just talking about sex, but comparison is a killer of hopes and dreams. Now, you compare yourself to certain people. You compare yourself to certain things, and that could cause the distrust. That could cause you losing your peace in your comparison. So those who are, are that have been, that are doing absolute celebrating religion, congratulations. I appreciate you. Uh, you are a jewel, and nobody needs to treat you or talk down on you. But those who are not doing those things, I want you to think about, I want you to think on, be about, and just just ask yourself, is this helping my trust? Is this helping my peace? Is this helping me get closer to God? Oh, that is so good, Pastor Joe. And I love how you talked about comparison. And I'm going to say something else that might be taboo, but that's why it's so harmful. There's other reason why, but it's so harmful why people watch porn. Yeah. Because now you start comparing, say someone's married, you comparing your wife to this actress. actress. You start, or, or women start watching and try to compare themselves to the, the actress that I can't do this, I can't do that. And they start belittling themselves because they can't perform like the actress that's on the porn. Yeah, so, even the, even the men. They won't, they, they'll compare the woman or they'll compare, I hate to say themselves, to the men actress. And they'll compare their wife to the woman actress. So, yeah, you, you, you hit the nail on the head, man. Yep. 
So I think that's why it's so important that we just have to trust God with our purity, trust God. And there, because I know there's some like, oh, you, you lost it. Might as well just go all in. Don't do that. No, don't, don't do that. <laughs> you lost it. It's time for you to repent, turn, change your mind and turn to God. And he will preserve you through your whole journey until you get married. Don't buy into the lie. Like you lost it. Might as well just go wild in these streets. Don't do that because you're going to yeah, end up no, no, no. broken. You're going to end up disgusted. You're going to, you're just going to end up not the best for you. So if you lost it, all right, re- recuperate, trust Jesus with it, and he will see you through. Yeah. You said something about repentance. I mean, um, God honors those who have uh, accountability. Like, he honors everybody. But those who can say, God, I made a mistake. I'm sorry. And even somebody listening to it right now that might feel remorseful about everything that we talked about, I feel led to say, if you repent right now and you say, God, forgive me of my sins, he'll honor that. And it'll be cast into the sea of forgetfulness and he won't remember it. And when you start trusting God and you find that peace, all that stuff will go out the window as well. So I pray for you right now that, that if you have the spirit of repentance, you just do so. If you have the spirit of asking God to forgive you of certain things, then do so. He can forgive it. He's going to. That's how he operates. He operates in forgiveness. He operates in repentance. He operates in conversation and relationship. Just ask God right now, God, forgive me. If anything I've done that's been unpleasing in your eyes, cleanse me. Make me one with you. If you do those things, then he'll honor that. That's so, that's so good. That's so good. Anything you want to add before we go to the next question? Nah, man. I, I love the conversation, brother. Uh, no, you bring that fire, Pastor Joe. You bring that fire. Uh, <laughs> oh, man, it's all God, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you talked, you hit on something just now, saying that we need to be accountable. So my next question is, how important is the godly community while trusting God? So at the beginning of the, of the podcast, I had mentioned um, my church family um, and how we've all grown and gone and um been, you know, been adults for a while and moved on with our lives. Um, it is very, very vital. Growing up, we were all trying to figure out life. We were all, you know, oh, I like her, I like him, and you know, so forth and so all that silly stuff. Um, but having a community of people that you can worship with. I'll never forget, man. Um, we went to New Birth in 2007. Um this is uh, before all the allegations came out uh, with Bishop Eddie Long. And um, we took a bus, a church bus down there. It was nine of us. And to be in the the room full of young people, there had to be at least 4,000 young people there. And my family that I grew up with from literally birth to about 15, 16, for us to worship together, for us to commune together, for us to laugh together, for us to do this together. It is very, it, it felt amazing that we're at the altar worshiping God, believing God, and asking God to, you know, just lead us in the direction that he wants for our lives. And for us to do that as a family, it was so vital. That was back then. That was in 2007. It is now 2022. I'm 33 years old. I have a wife and a kid. And I think even now it's important to have a community of believers like myself now, married, kids, um, um, adults that have lives that are trying to, you know, trying to 
become better. I think it's very, 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 very important to have people that have the same standards as you, that can hold you accountable, um, that you can lean on in those moments where you can say, man, listen, um, I got some things going on at home. I just need to talk, bro. If you can just listen to me, uh, that'll be great. Or if you got somebody that you watch football, a group of friends that you can have fun with, a group of friends that you can go to church with, worship God with, do Bible study with, all those things are very, very, very important to have. Um, because think about it like this. I talked about isolation earlier. But isolation doesn't look like you being in your closet with the lights off or being in your room with the lights off and you got a sage candle. That's not what I'm talking about. Isolation looks like, God, I'm speaking to you and only you so you can lead me in the way and lead me in the direction where I can meet the people along the path to build my strength community, my strong community, my Bible community, my spiritual community. That's what isolation looks like. You commune with God so he can make these relationships happen. And when these relationships happen, your community starts to be built. And when your community start building, then that's when you're able to dine and have your 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 uh, your clique or your crew, your gang gang or whatever the young people say now. That's when you're able to start having those those true intimate conversations when God starts uh, allowing people that are like-minded, uh, that can hold you accountable, hold you to a high standard. That's when you're able to have that community to, uh, to, to, to start believing and trusting God. That's so good. And a community is always good to remind you of the promises of God. Yeah. And sometimes we get so down so that we forgot that God called us to the nation of God, called us to be a husband or wife, or God called us to be a parent. And it's always that it's always good to have that community. It's like, no, God said this. You told, you shared it with me. So then we confirm it again to you. Sometimes I, I'll be honest. Sometimes I just say the path to Joe. Hope you're doing well. I know God's um, um word for you. Keep going. Keep pushing. Yeah. It doesn't have to be like some long soliloquy. You just like, hey, I see you. I'm praying for you. Keep it going. Right, man. I don't. There's been plenty of people um, over the course of the years that um, I haven't talked, I haven't spoken to, but when I see them, they're still a part of my community. I love you, man. I hope all is well. You know, if you need to talk, holler at me. You know, if you need to have a conversation with me, holler at me. Um, even um, earlier, late last month, earlier this month, I went to a conference. Saw one of my pastor friends that I haven't seen in years, and we chopped it up. He's going through some things in his life, and I'm just like, hey, man, it's like we just, you know, we haven't seen each other in years, but I still got your back. You need me, call me. You know, that's the community. You don't really have to be talking to the person every day, all day. Like, that's a lot. I, I don't even like being on my phone all day. I'm not going to be texting somebody all day. So, you know, but that's just me. You know, that may be somebody else. But I just, you know, I'll, I'll hit you up, see how you're doing, and we keep it moving. That's the community as well. That's That's so good. Anything you want to add before we go to the last? I can't believe we're at the last question already. Anything you want to add before we go to the last question? Oh no, nah, man! It's, this has been this has been a joy, bro. This has really been a joy. Thank you so much for coming on. So my last question is: If I probably wants to know, I heard your advice, Pastor Joe. I heard all this stuff, but why is it important for me to trust God? Like you don't want to go through life. Um, all right, so. Everybody's seen uh, those little purple, green things in front of the car salesman when they just be moving like this. And, you know, you don't want to go through life like this. You want to go through life with some form of direction or structure. Um, there's not, I, I, I consider it like a butterfly. 
he's going with the wind, but he does have a direction that he's going. He's trying to get somewhere, right? You don't want to be one of those truly things. And trusting in God will allow you to do that. If you have desires of your heart and it's in line with his purpose, he's going to legit push you in that direction. He's going to make you go in the way that he's going. And that's how that's how trusting God is. You don't want to go through life willy-nilly, fully, and all that stuff. You don't want to do none of that. You want to be able to have a stern foundation, build that foundation, have the stern building blocks in your house of God, in your house of God, that you will be able to rest and rule and be inside of God and be able to have the direction. You don't want to go through life just having, you know, um, having no direction. That's just not what he's about. He's a God of order. He's a God of peace. He's a God of trust. He's a God of distinction. He's a God of honor. He's a God of all those things. He wants to keep you in perfect peace if you keep your mind stayed on him. So if you don't keep your mind stayed on him, if you don't keep your heart stayed in his direction, if you don't do those things, how can you, where are we going? What, what, what are we doing? Are we going to have uh, communion with God or we're not going to have communion with God? I think that's, that's, that's why it's important to, to trust God because you don't want to go through life like those little things in front of the car. I hope y'all know what I'm talking about. I hope I'm not on topic, but you know, one of those things that just be blowing in the wind, um, we want to have, we want to be like a butterfly, floating, flying, and headed to where he wants us to head so we can have the foundation to build our house um, of God with him. That is so good, Pastor Joe. Thank you for thank you for coming on. Take thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. Any last encouragement or advice people watching this or listening to this? Um, I I charge. I'm gonna challenge you today. Um, just like I talked about the receipts earlier, I'm gonna challenge you to do two things: find the receipts in your life that have proven that God has uh, has had your back, and find those receipts. Hold on to those receipts. Know that God is still there. Know that God is still with you. Um, knowing, knowing that God um, has your back. Um, and be careful. This is the second thing. Be careful what you say out your mouth. Um, because life and I, I'm a soul believer. That life and death is in the power of your tongue. But life and death, this doesn't start in your tongue. It starts in your mind and it starts in your heart. Um, and that's, you know, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. And if you can get your heart leaning towards God, if you can get your mind leaning towards God, um, your mouth will start to speak very, very positive things. If you just say, I trust God, your mouth and your tongue, your, your speaking has a lot of power. So I challenge you to find those receipts. Speak positive things. And the last thing, pray and fast. If you do those two things, you start to trust God a little bit more. Man, Pastor Joe with the with the gems. Thank you so much for coming on and telling us the point of the importance of trusting in God. But before we end episode fifty three of Saturday Conversations, we want to get to know you a little bit better through a game called This or That. Yes, so I'll give you two options. I already made my guesses, so hopefully I know you pretty well. But whenever you're ready, let me know. You got you. I'm ready. All right. All right. So between these two um, biblical characters, who would you pick, Samson or Solomon? Man. Would you rather have all the strength or would you, would you rather have all the wisdom? 
both of them are deadly things to have. Because if you have all the wisdom, that means you think you know it all. But if you have all the strength, <laughs> you feel like you can do it all. Yeah. <laughs> but, however, me as a person, I love to learn. So wisdom. Wisdom? Yeah. All right. The only reason so, I would pick Samsung's for the body, because I really would like a six pack. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So, uh, type of candy, Skittles or M&M's? Skittles. I don't like chocolate, man. Okay. Well, you say you're a chocolate man. You don't like, you know what? Okay. Uh, bagels. I ate too much of it coming up, man. And okay. it was, it was, it was, <laughs> now I can't, I can't even stomach it, man. It's crazy because I, uh, because she doesn't know what to buy. She doesn't know what kind of sweets to buy me. But no, I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that. Uh, That's funny. Uh, for breakfast, would, would you rather have bagels or donuts? That's that's tough. Because you got certain types of bagels and you got certain types of donuts. Are we talking glazed donuts and plain bagels? If that's the case, I'm going to go with bagels because I could put you know, strawberry cream cheese on top of bagels. And it fills you up. Yep. Bagels. So bagels? Yes, bagels. Yep. Okay. <laughs> bagels. So basketball or football? Oh, oh man. Uh, can I have both? Uh no. Okay, so I right, so the right I'm a right I'm a I'm a diehard Los Angeles fan. So Lakers and Rams, right? It's not it's not looking good for you, but okay. For both teams, and this, and this is coming so, from a Cowboys fan, so okay. Hey, y'all caught us on the bye week. Anyway, let's go back to the question. So, um, we just won the Super Bowl, and um, that was a very emotional season for me. So, fo- football, because the Lakers are trash right now. So, football, football, okay. Football. <laughs> And then you can ask, you can call, you can call Chris or ask it. I love my Lakers, but I love my Rams. I I love my Rams man, for football. You convert, you, you convert Pastor Crystal. She was like a whole Washington Commanders fan, and now no. she's like, no, oh, Rams all day. No, she doesn't know what she likes. Don't let her fool you. She, she, <laughs> she's still, she's still in the fence, man. She likes, she likes the Chiefs because she likes Travis Kelsey. So you know, uh, <laughs> Travis Kelsey, he's a dope player. But now I, I, I'm a. I'm trying to get her to stop rooting because every time the commanders come on, she roots for them. I'm just like, you're not a Rams fan. Wait a minute. Football, football. So funny. And my last one is uh, luxury car, Audi or Porsche? Porsche. Wait. All right. Hold on, I, answer, I answer too quick. I answer too quick. I answer too quick. <laughs> Do, does Porsche have four? Is it is a four door luxury car for Porsche? I think it's a four door. Nah, but Audi. I like the way Audi looks on the front, so Audi. So you went from Porsche to Audi. It's Audi. It's Audi. Well, I had three out of five, but then you made the last change, so Uh, now I got two out of five. uh, (laughs) What did you have? I'm interested in what you have, man. So I picked Solomon. I picked M&M's. I thought you'd be an M&M person, but you're not. And I thought you picked donuts, but I guess you're not a donut person either. It doesn't. My other thing, though, if you put either one in front, I'm getting both. That's what I'm saying. I'm, both, I'm getting both donuts and uh, bagels, and I'm getting football and basketball. So, like, either or, man. Either or, yep. Oh, man. <laughs> man, this has been fun, man. We got to do this more often. Maybe yeah, man. 
when our schedule frees up, we can just hop on IG Live and do something like that. Because this is yeah, so man. I, I so would life giving. I, I would definitely, definitely enjoy doing this a little bit more, man. Uh, I know we talked offline about you know podcasts and things like that, but you know any nuggets that you can give me offline about starting it, man, just let me know. I, I'm, I'm glad. I'm all ears, man. This is great. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you got my number. Hit me up at any time. You family, so hit me up at any time. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We'll do, man. So before we end, I, Pastor Joe, I always ask everyone who's been on here to pray. So do you mind praying for everyone um, listening and watching this? Absolutely, man. Let's go. I'm ready. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm tapped in. So now let us pray. Oh, gracious one, we ask right now that you just um, allow everything that's been said when we this podcast, let this um, seep into their hearts and their spirits and their minds. Let their ears be um, aimed towards you through this conversation, God. Let them know that everything that was said tonight was genuine from the heart of two people that truly love you. Let them know that our spirits are leaning towards you. Let them know that the information that was given, the experiences that were given, the uh, the love that was given, the joy that was shown um, was pure and it came strictly from you. And God, I ask right now, anybody that's struggling, that's, tr- that's uh, trying to trust in you fully, anybody that's trying to trust and find peace in you, let them know that you have them in your hands. You have them in your hindsight. You have them right in front of you. And you're just waiting for them to reach out their arms and grab all of you. So God, I ask right now, Lord, that you just allow them to know that you love them that you have great plans for them, God. You have known them since their mom's womb. You have known them since they have been, uh, before they were conceived from them, conceived from their mom and their dad. Uh, we ask right now that you just continue to love on them, continue to breathe on them, God. Even though they may not, they may not seem to know that you are right there, let them know, God. Give them a sign. Give them joy, God. Give them peace that comes out of nowhere. And they'll know that this came strictly from you. So God, I ask right now, Lord, that you just allow everything that was said between both myself and um and Edward, God, that it will you will be able to pour back into us, God, um, through the comments that will be shared, God, through the conversations that will happen underneath the thread on YouTube or through the conversations that's gonna be shared throughout the United States and the world through this podcast. I ask right now, Lord, that you just continue to rest rule and abide in us. God, make our hearts lighter, make our minds lighter, make our spirits lighter. Let everything about us be so light, God, that we'll be able to float in your peace and float in trusting in you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Amen. Let me just pray for you, then we just end the um, conversation. Um, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your son. We thank you for how you're using him to build your kingdom. So I pray that a fresh anointing fall on him right now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I pray that your strength and your wisdom will fall on him in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Allow him to be the husband you called him to be. Allow him to be the father you called him to be. Allow him to be the minister you have called him to be. We pray that I pray that what um, when he's feeling down, when he wants to um, put his head down, Lord Jesus, I ask you that you will be the lifter of his head in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We thank you for the ministry you have ready to deposit him. So we ask you, Lord, that everyone who's going to be his benefactor to push the ministry given to him forward, we pray that he will not miss them in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We pray for uh, Pastor Crystal, oh Lord, continue to be with her, guide and protect her, and we pray for Jace. As he's growing up, allow him to grow in the Lord in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We give you the honor, we give the glory, we say blessed be your beautiful name, in Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen. Amen.
Thanks, brother, for the invite. I really appreciate it, man. Hey, no problem, no problem. So, thank y'all for tuning in to episode 53 of Static Conversation. Pastor Joe, where can people find you on social media? All right, so on Instagram, my name is uh, J-E-J-I-V underscore. That's on IG. On Twitter, it's the exact same thing, J-E-J-I-V underscore. Uh, those are my initials. Um, and on on Facebook, it is Joseph Johnson IV, Joseph Johnson the fourth. And I also have a Instagram page called Overcoming You. It is Overcoming You. It is a page that's going to be for inspiration, inspirational messages, inspirational messages for your mental, for your spirit, and all those things encompassing that your holistic self. So uh, follow me. I'm always follow back. Uh, you 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 you'll enjoy the content that you see. Amazing. I'll put all of Pastor Joe's information in the description box below. Once again, thank you, Pastor Joe, for taking time out of your busy schedule. You're, you're a teacher, you're a husband, you're a father, you're a minister of the gospel. And I'm, just, I'm just glad you were able to carve out some time to have this conversation with me. I'm so grateful to have you as a brother in Christ. I, I am so glad what God has done in your life. I'm so excited for what God is doing in your life. I'm so expectant for what God is going to do in your life. And I'm here to tell you right now that the best is yet to come. Not only your life, but Crystal's life and Jace's life. And you know, you know, Jace's little siblings that's on its way too. I'm I'm not I'm not (laughs) I'm not prophesying. I'm just saying it's going to happen in the name of Jesus. (laughs) Eventually, brother, eventually, man. God is good. God is good, man. God is good. They coming. Everybody keep asking me, when the next one coming? It's coming. Just, just, just stand yeah, out we got to get some sleep, though. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. But I appreciate you, brother. Thanks again, man. No problem. So, everyone, join the conversation in the comment section below. Tell us what part of the conversation stood out to you. Don't forget to subscribe and hit the notification bell if you're watching on YouTube and you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Follow, hit the notification bell, and give us five stars because you know this conversation is what you needed. The new conversations come out every Saturday at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. If you have any prayer requests, put in the comment section below. We love you. God bless you. And I'll see you next time. Thank you for watching this video. If you want more content, subscribe over here and watch the next video over there. God bless you.